Welcome back and thank you for joining me here on Bereans Corner Network. It has been a minute since we have been together, but I thank the Lord that we're back. And I hope that you're all doing well. Open your Bible to Exodus chapter 22. The title of today's lesson is Property Rights. Exodus 22, and let's read. Exodus 22. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he must pay back five head of cattle for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. If a thief is caught breaking in and is struck so that he dies, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. But if it happens after sunrise, he is guilty of bloodshed. A thief must certainly make restitution, but if he has nothing, he must be sold to pay for his theft. If the stolen animal is found alive in his possession, whether ox or donkey or sheep, he must pay back double. If a man grazes his livestock in a field or vineyard and lets them stray and they graze in another man's field, he must make restitution from the best of his own field or vineyard. If a fire breaks out and spreads into thorn bushes so that it burns a shocks of grain or standing grain or the whole field, the one who started the fire must make restitution. If a man gives his neighbor silver or goods for safekeeping, and they are stolen from the neighbor's house, the thief, if he is caught, must pay back double. But if the thief is not found, the owner of the house must appear before the judges to determine whether he has laid his hands on the other man's property. In all cases of illegal possession of an ox, a donkey, a sheep, a garment, or any other lost property about which somebody says, this is mine, both parties are to bring their cases before the judges. The one whom the judges declare guilty must pay back double to his neighbor. If a man gives a donkey, an ox, a sheep, or any other animal to his neighbor for safekeeping, and it dies, or is injured, or is taken away while no one is looking, the issue between them will be settled by the taking of an oath before the Lord that the neighbor did not lay hands on the other person's property. The owner is to accept this, and no restitution is required. But if the animal was stolen from the neighbor, he must make restitution to the owner. If it was torn to pieces by a wild animal, he shall bring in the remains as evidence, and he will not be required to pay for the torn animal. If a man borrows an animal from his neighbor, and it is injured or dies while the owner is not present, he must make restitution. But if the owner is with the animal, the borrower will not have to pay. If the animal was hired, the money paid for the hire covers the loss. If a man seduces a virgin who is not pledged to be married and sleeps with her, he must pay the bride price, and she shall be his wife. If her father absolutely refuses to give her to him, he must still pay the bride price for virgins. Do not allow a sorceress to live. Anyone who has sexual relations with an animal must be put to death. Whoever sacrifices to any god other than the Lord must be destroyed. Do not mistreat an alien or oppress him, for you are aliens in Egypt. Do not take advantage of a widow or an orphan. If you do, and they cry out to me, I will certainly hear their cry. My anger will be aroused, and I will kill you with the sword. Your wives will become widows, and your children fatherless. If you lend money to one of my people among you who is needy, do not be like a moneylender, 
charge him no interest. If you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, return it to him by sunset, because his cloak is the only covering he has for his body. What else will he sleep in? When he cries out to me, I will hear, for I am compassionate. Do not blaspheme God or curse the ruler of your people. Do not hold back offerings from your granaries or your vats. You must give me the firstborn of your sons. Do the same with your cattle and your sheep. Let them stay with their mothers for seven days, but give them to me on the eighth day. You are to be my holy people, so do not eat the meat of an animal torn by wild beasts. Throw it to the dogs. Now, the last time we were together, we looked at the ordinances for the people. This chapter is a continuation from the last as the Lord is giving Moses more commands. First, we see what should could happen if a man steals another man's property. Look at verses one through four. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. If the thief is caught while breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there will be no blood guiltiness on his account. But if the sun has risen on him, there will be blood guiltiness on his account. He shall surely make restitution. If he owns nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If what he stole is actually found alive in his possession, whether an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall pay double. Now, let's walk through these first four verses. Verse 1, if a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. So in, so in, so in other words, this the man has to make uh, restitution. You know, you can't go into another man's property, steal his animals and, and slaughter them. So the Lord is this is a way of hindering people from stealing from stealing from your neighbor. Verse two said, if a thief is, if the thief is struck while breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there will be no blood guiltiness on his account. But if the sun has risen on him, there will be blood guiltiness on his account. He shall surely make restitution for, and if he owns nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. Now, what we see here is we're talking about a form of breaking and entering. You know, it said if he is caught breaking in and is struck and he dies, there will be no blood guiltiness. But if the sun has risen on him, what the Lord is telling the people is, is if a man broke into your property, he came over your fence or however they had their their ox and their sheep stored and kept safe at this time. If he comes in, you wake up, you hear somebody rummaging through your things and you struck him dead then you were not held accountable. But if the sun was up, in other words, where you can actually see him, then you would be held accountable. What you were supposed to do, you're supposed to take him, capture him or, or, or round him up and make him pay what he owes. And if he owns nothing, then he will be sold to pay back what he owes. Then we see in verse four, if what he stole is actually found alive in his possession, rather an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall pay double. And that's just pretty much straightforward. If what he sold is still alive, you, you go to his house or his hideout and it's still there. He is to pay double. Now, uh, if we look at verse five, we see what happens if a man lets his animal graze in your field. Look at verse five. If a man lets 
a field or vineyard be grazed bare and lets his animal loose so that it grazes in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best of his own field and the best of his own vineyard. In other words, you have to keep your animals put up. You cannot, your animals can graze in your field. You cannot let your animals go out and graze in someone else's field. Now, in verse 6, we see what happens if a man starts a fire. If a fire breaks out and spreads to thorn bushes so that stacked grain or the standing grain or the field itself is consumed, he who started the fire shall surely make restitution. This has to do with people's property. If you started a fire, whether you were just using it in your field to burn something or you intentionally started the fire and it spread it to another man's property, you had to pay back what was owed. In verses seven to nine, we see what we see what happens if your property is stolen from your neighbor. Look at verses seven to nine. If a man gives his neighbor money or goods to keep for him and it is stolen from the man's house, if the thief is caught, he shall pay double. If the thief is not caught, then the owner of the house shall appear before the judge to determine whether he laid his hands on his neighbor's property. For every breach of trust, whether it is for ox, for donkey, for sheep, for clothing, or for any lost thing about which one says that is his, the case of both parties shall come before the judges. He whom the judges condemn shall pay double to his neighbor. This right here is talking about if you gave something to your neighbor to hold, you know, it, that's why it says if a man gives his neighbor money or goods to keep for him, I don't know. It could be you're going out of town. Remember, it's, uh, most of the houses back in this time did not have locks and security systems and a lot of the things that we have today. So a lot of these people's property could be ran in and out. I mean, there was no barbed wire to stop someone from jumping your fence. Some of the people may have had buildings with doors, but a lot of these people lived in tents. So. If a person could go in uh, your tent without being seen, which was very likely, it'd be easy for them to access your goods. So a lot of times if a, if a man said, for example, I have to go to another land to do business here, I'm giving you uh, my money or, or here are my, my lanterns or whatever it may be that he wanted him to keep. He gave it to his neighbor. Now, if these things were stolen while he was gone and when he gets back home, the neighbor says, who he gave the things to sorry man but while you were gone your goods were stolen if they caught the thief the man who stole it he would pay double but if there was no thief caught you might look at your neighbor a little sideways and say well how do i know he didn't take the, these things that were mine so now you had to go in front of a judge and the judge had to make the make the judgment on if your neighbor was telling the truth hey your neighbor actually did have these things stolen so he doesn't owe you anything but if it's but if it was found out that your neighbor played you and he stole your things, then he was to pay double. Now, we look at verses 10 through 13. If a man gives his neighbor an animal to keep, look at verses 10 through 13. If a man gives his neighbor a donkey, an ox, a sheep or any animal to keep for him and it dies or is hurt or is driven away while no one is looking. An oath before the Lord shall be made by the two of them that he has not laid hands on his neighbor's property and his owner shall accept it and shall not make restitution. But if it actually was stolen from him, he shall make restitution to his owner. If it is all torn to pieces, let him bring it as evidence. He shall not make restitution for what has been torn to pieces. 
and that would make that that would make sense if if your animal was torn to pieces then you wouldn't be held accountable hey i can't really be held accountable for the fact that somebody else's wild boar jumped the fence and came in and killed your animal next we look at verses 14 and 15 if one neighbor borrows from another look at verses 14 and 15 if a man borrows anything from his neighbor and it is injured or dies while his owner is not with it he shall make full restitution if his owner is with it he shall uh, not make restitution if it is hired it came from it came with its hire i'm sorry so what this is talking about is is if you borrow something from your neighbor say you borrowed his uh his his ox or his mule or whatever for for plowing or you uh you know for for plowing your field and if the animal was injured or dies uh, uh while the owner is not with it then you should make full restitution so in other words if i if i give you my donkey to to loan to plow your field and it dies while i'm not there then you owe me a, a then you owe me another mule okay but if i'm standing there with you and it's for hire uh, then you do not have to make full uh, restitution, you know, because it, it because it came with the hire. So in other words, we would just say, hey, that just kind of is what it is. It dropped dead uh, while I was standing right here, and then we move on. Now we see if a man seduces a virgin into sex. Look at verses 16 and 17. If a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged and lies with her, he must pay a dowry for her to be his wife. If her father absolutely refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money equal to the dowry for virgins. Remember, this is back in the time when you had to pay this dowry, whatever it would be, to the young lady's father. So what happens in a lot of these cases was this was a way to, to prevent men from trying to talk a young lady into sex. We know that men can get into their smooth talk and they can manipulate uh, 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 they can manipulate a young lady and manipulate her right out of her virginity and that's what this is talking about if he was to do this then he was to uh, pay the dowry for her to be his wife now this came down to the father now he could have laid with the with the young virgin and said okay yes i did do this here's the dowry i want to take her as my wife now the father can still absolutely refuse it this is not like the culture we live in where you can run off and elope and get married the father's word was was the father's word was bond the father's word was law so if he said no say the young man was a heathen and he said you know i hate that this happened to my daughter but you're heathen i don't want my daughter to have anything to do with you then he is to still pay the dowry equal to virgins but he doesn't get but he doesn't get to have her as a wife now verse 18 tells us a sorceress shall not live look at verse 18 you shall not allow a sorceress to live now the word sorceress hebrew 3784 means to practice witchcraft or sorcery and we know that back in that time and even in our own time this went on and it still goes on next we look at bestiality bestiality is a sin which was uh, uh which was a death sentence look at verse 19 whoever lies with an animal shall surely be put to death that's pretty much straightforward you were not to have any type of sexual relations with an animal period if you make a sacrifice to any other god you shall be exterminated we see this in verse 20 he who sacrifices to any god other than the lord alone shall be utterly destroyed and that was pretty straightforward 
Next, God reminds you that you should not oppress a stranger because you were once oppressed. Look at verse 21. You shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. See, the Lord wanted to remind the Israelites here that you were not to do to others as they as they did to you. Uh, you 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 get some people say, "Well, you doing others as they do to you." This was this was not one of the, one of those cases. You were to treat your you were supposed to treat this person with respect. Uh, you supposed to treat this stranger with with dignity, and you were not to oppress him. You were not to say, "Hey, look at these ten people coming through our town. They're not of our nation. Let's do them wrong, or let's uh, hold let's you know hold them up for a couple of days and make them do work out out of their will." The Lord wanted you to remember this once happened to you, which this does remind me. There are some people out here and, and, and you may have heard uh, of, of this sect of people that believe that one day they're going to be in heaven. And in the thousand year reign, they are going to be able to take people as slaves who once held their ancestors as slaves. Obviously, they don't read the scriptures like they say they do because the Lord made it very clear you are not to oppress a stranger because you were once strangers yourself in, in Israel. Listen, you are not to do to people as they did to you. It doesn't matter if 100, 300, 400, 1,000 years ago, you come up with some proof or you have some proof that someone enslaved your people oppressed your people you are not to do the same thing to them once you're in power or once you have the opportunity and that's just straightforward and that's the word of god right there moving on you shall not do a widow or orphan wrong notice verses 22 through 24 you shall not afflict any widow or orphan if you afflict him at all if he does cry out to me i will surely hear his cry and my anger will be kindled and i will kill you with the sword and your wives shall become widows and your children fatherless. The Lord wanted you to take care of the widows and the orphans. He said this multiple times. Now, if you decided that you wanted to mistreat them, the Lord made it very, made it very clear that he would take you out and then your own children will become orphans and your own wives will become widows. Next, we see how to lend money to your people and by your people, the people who are in your nation. Look at verses 25 through 27. If you lend money to my people, to the poor among you, you are not to act as a creditor to him. You shall not charge him interest. If you ever take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, you are to return it to him before the sun sets. For that is his only covering. It is his cloak for his body. What else shall he sleep in? And it shall come about that when he cries out to me, I will hear him for I am gracious. So we see here that the Lord is making it uh, clear to the Israelites how to lend money to your people, or as I said, the people of, of, of your nation. He, he, he even told them, if you have to take uh, your brother's cloak when the sun sets, you need to return it to him so he can stay warm. So he wasn't shivering and, and, and freezing and freezing all night. You are not just to keep it and, and take it away from him and say, well, you know, this is mine until you can pay back what you owe. You're, you're to give it back to him. You're supposed to show him grace and mercy. Now we see that you shall not curse God or a ruler. We see this in verse 28. You shall not curse God nor curse a ruler of your people. The word curse Hebrew 779 means to be of little of account. Now, we see the firstborn belongs to the Lord. Look at verse 29. 
you shall not delay the offering from your harvest and your vineyard. I'm sorry, and your vintage, the firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. You shall do the same with your oxen and with your sheep. It shall be with his mother seven days. On the eighth day, you shall give it to me. God wants your best. This is why you were to dedicate your firstborn son once he was born. That is why you were to give your first and best fruits and vegetables once they harvested. See, the Lord wants to see if you trust him to bless you. Now, when you give your first and best fruits and vegetables, you are showing the Lord that you trust him to make up for your sacrifice that you had given. So in other words, imagine you being a farmer and you planted corn. Now, from what I hear from farmers, you know, corn is pretty hard to, uh, to plant. Corn may sprout up every year. If you live in somewhere where you've seen cornfields, it may sprout up. But they'll tell you all of those ears of corn are not always as, as, as good as you may think. So say you have your, your first corn that comes up, and it's an excellent row. That it comes up, the shell is, is thick and green. And when you peel it, it's just it's just that deep yellow. And man, you know it's going to taste good once you drop it in that, in that water and, and boil it. You, you can taste it. But remember, this was your first and your best. You were supposed to give it to the Lord. You weren't supposed to look at it and say, man, I haven't had corn grow this good in a long time. I mean, I have to, you know, sell this or I have to just take it to my house and let us have it because this is the best we had in a while. You were to trust that the Lord was going to take care of you, that he would actually multiply and give you more delicious vegetables like that, more delicious corn. So you were to give your first and your best and it showed that you trusted in the Lord. Next, we see you shall not eat. You shall not eat an animal that has already been eaten. We see this at verse 31 as we close the chapter. You shall be holy men to me. Therefore, you shall not eat any flesh torn to pieces in the field. You shall throw it to the dogs. God wanted his people to be honorable and not savages. If an animal was found along the way and it was already torn apart, then it was to be finished off by the dogs. So in other words, as an example, you are, uh, let's say you're, you and your workers are going up to your field and there lies a cow dead. It had been attacked by another animal, whatever it may be, and the animal has killed it and, and the cow is laying there, but the cow still looks uh, the cow still looks like it's good to eat or he, or here's a better example for a lot of us here in the United States is if you live in a, a area where there's deer if, uh, if if we have all seen deer torn to shreds on the road hit by a big truck but if you're off on a country road and this actually happened to a friend of mine a deer runs out in front of you runs into the side of your car and it snaps his neck and it takes a couple of more steps and dies that deer is actually still good to eat right but it's a different situation when there's a animal that has been killed and an animal has attacked it and it is still has some good meat to eat see you can still eat that deer if it ran to the side of your car and broke his neck cleanly but you were not to eat that deer if another animal has already got a hold of it let's say that the animal all it did was it tore the top of the deer off it tore his, his neck and his head off but the rest of the body is still pretty good the lord doesn't want you to be a savage and say hey let's let's drag that on home that's good meat no you're supposed to leave it out there for the other animals for the dogs to eat because the lord did not want his people to be savages he wanted them to be upstanding people well, that brings us to the end of Exodus chapter 22. Property rights. That's all for now. God bless.
Thank the 